He's Vince D'Addario. I'm Sean Styers. We're two guys talking sports movies, and once again, Vince is setting in for the erstwhile Bobby Hensley, who still, <laughs> I'm told, is getting closer to having technology worked out. But by the time that happens, we might be talking about the Y3K disaster. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting Coming closer. Up. How do you get closer? I don't understand how that actually It happens, sounds like but... there might be some new equipment being purchased. That's kind oh, of... Okay. Yeah. That's what I know. Okay. Well, today's podcast is The Rookie Baseball Movie, 2002. $22 million budget, made over $80 million bucks. Pretty good. Okay. The uh, the star of this movie is Dennis Quaid. He plays the lead role. And the nutshell, I'll kind of I'll give the nutshell. You see if you agree. You just finished watching this movie. So you're going to yes. have a fun, fresh opinion take on this movie, The Rookie. So in a nutshell... You've got a young kid, Jimmy Morris. He's a Navy brat, son of a career Navy man. They move all over the place, as happens when you're you know, part of a, a career military family. So Jimmy loves playing baseball, but his dad couldn't care less about baseball or really anything else but work, <laughs> it seems like. Yeah. They uh, don't have much of a relationship. They end up moving to West Texas, where his dad is a Navy recruiter. That's that's like his the last stop, I think, at least as portrayed in the movie uh, by by uh, Jimmy's dad in the career military Navy stops. So Jimmy's still an early teen when they land in West Texas. They don't have baseball there. Jimmy, we don't really get to see any of this, the his uh, his playing in in high school or junior college, but he ends up pitching in junior college, gets into the minor leagues, but he blows out his arm pitching in the minor leagues, has to quit baseball, has a family, becomes a high school teacher and coach, and really we fast forward, what, about 15, really even more than 15, but oh, from, yeah. from the time we see young Jimmy, probably 18 years or so. He's a high school teacher and coach. Years later, he discovers after his arm is kind of healed up and he's coaching high school baseball that he can throw in the high 90s, so he tries out for the Tampa Bay Rays, gets a pro contract, and gets the big league call up. Did I miss anything? I think you hit it hit it right on the head. Okay, right. that's that's the nutshell version. All right. So your your initial take after just finishing up watching the rookie Vince prior to this recording. Well, it, it's one of my it's it's up there for me uh, as far as one of the movies that I enjoy. Um, and so and I, I ended up fast forwarding through some parts and things like that because it it there are parts of the movie that it, it, it slows way down. Um, and I Quite think that, that, that is a beef of mine. Um, it, it doesn't need to be 127 minutes. Uh, but, uh, but I do enjoy it. The, the, the good outweighs the bad for me. Okay. I think it's a good story. I think the fact that it's based on a true story. Now they left, there's a lot of stuff they left out for sure. Um, you know, I've done research on this in the past, uh, as I've watched this movie over the years, but, uh. I, overall, I think it, it's a good movie. I enjoy it. Well, and, and I mean, you know, like we said, they they really cover a span. And if you include all all the military moves and all that kind of stuff, we're, we're talking about a span of more than probably twenty or twenty five years that they're trying to cover in the two hours. And and I agree with you, it is too long. I think we need to issue a disclaimer up front. I think on this one too. This is this is something that Bobby and I talk about all the times. So we have to remember this is not a documentary. It's based on a true story. But we're right. judging this based on the just what we see as the movie. We don't have to get hung up on what you know really happened, what didn't happen, all that kind of stuff. I think for the most part, 
A lot of this is factual because it's a Disney movie as well. Disney they do a good job to, overall. Yeah, Disney tries to to stick to to real events as much as possible. Like Miracle is is supposedly one of the you know more accurate portrayals of of actual events, and that was a Disney movie as well. Um, I'll but I'll I'll just say this, Vince. I mean, it's a great story for a guy to be out of baseball 10 to 15 years, whatever it was, to never get out of the minor leagues due to arm injuries, end up making it all the way to the big leagues. I mean, it's it's a great story. I like the story, but I don't necessarily like this in its entirety as a movie. Okay. Um, you know, part of it is it basically takes, we talk about the length, and it basically takes half the movie to actually get to the point where he's even trying out. <laughs> to sure. you know when he gets that big league tryout, they and then they breeze through his three plus months in the minor leagues. I would have liked to see more of that just to start off with. Yeah, no, they 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 spent a lot of time, and as you said, there's a very clear cut end of the first half and then beginning of the second half. Right, it's when he starts basically uh, with his journey through the minor leagues or whatever, and they and they spent a lot of time on. Him as a coach, him as a dad, him as a teacher, you know, that whole journey ending with the district championship. And then, uh, like I said, there's a clear divide. Okay, so now it's his turn as they painfully made obvious in that one scene. It's your turn, coach. Um, (laughs) And, you know, how they spent more time on the trying out part of it for him than they did with him actually being in the minors, I think. I believe that. Like, if he took a stopwatch to it, I, I believe it. It felt like it was longer, you know. He had multiple tryouts, and he had to get everybody's opinion on whether mm-hmm. he should do it. And and there are, I could go through this movie very easily and cut out scenes that I think were superfluous, which would cut the movie down, which I think would make it a better movie, and I think you would enjoy it more. Well, and I and I'll start with this, uh, not start. We're already into it, but the the very start of the movie, I don't. I don't. I don't know why they felt like they had to include that. Where you've got the the backstory and you've got the narrator talking the story of this oil field and and Saint Rita, the the patron saint of hopeless causes, and you've got the two nuns out there. And then it turns out that the narrator is the guy who runs the town store. <laughs> you know, right. so so we've right. got to have that scene. We've got to have Jimmy buying tube socks in the town store when he gets to town in in West Texas just so we can meet the narrator. I thought that that all of that served no real purpose. They could have completely done w- without any of that and then they kind of tried to come back to it at the end. I I, th- I mean, if you eliminate all that stuff we're, we're already closer to an hour and 45 and we're telling a tight story where even we can include some more of the baseball stuff, I think. And that's that's the problem I have. This this scene that really ultimately means nothing because the, the, the two main plots in this thing are Jimmy making his way back into the big leagues after having to hang it up for several years and his relationship with his dad. To me, if they feel like they have to have the narrator at the beginning, because again, like if you go back to Disney, they had the Hayden Panettiere character and Remember the Titans, you know, right. the daughter doing the narration. They've done some of this stuff before. This is a case to me where this narration adds nothing to the plot of the movie. That's a good point. I never really thought of it that way because they they only revisited it at the very end when he sees the St. Rita medal on his jacket when he gets to the major leagues. And 
the only other time they even mention it is when the the shopkeeper Henry, you know, there's yeah. a story that you need to know about. Like they they could have. You're right. They could have completely gotten rid of that entire storyline, chopped it off, started the movie with his childhood, and you could still have Henry the shopkeeper. I mean, he was a cool character, whatever. He's kind of, you know, almost like a father figure to him, I think, at times. Um, and you didn't really need that whole other section. That's a really good point. I never really thought of it that way, but it really eases you in very slowly into the the whole storyline yeah because then even even once he starts coaching the high school baseball team there's even stuff there it's like oh we're on a dirt field again okay we get it they're they're playing on a dirt field and I mean there was some humor to some of that where he's interacting with the kids and everything but if you're going to have all these different things I I just felt like they needed to trim something else you know so so that they could because like again the relationship with the dad is after after his comeback story that's the biggest thing that they're trying to make. They could have spent more time on that. I felt like even, you know, like they could have eliminated the oil field St. Rita scene at the very, yeah. very beginning. And then we're going through his childhood. They're making all these moves. And, you know, maybe it's either narrated by the dad or even the mom or his wife or something like that. Someone who ends up being more connected to Jimmy over the course of this movie. Yeah, I would not have liked the dad to be the narrator, but the wife or the mom I could see being the narrator. I mean, because him and his dad never got along. No, I mean, but, ne- but I mean, ultimately, it's about getting them to that point at the end of the movie where they make that connection, right? Which like, is so... Okay, if we're going to talk about things that bug me, that whole scene bugged me. With at the very end? The, given the baseball to his dad, when <laughs> did they ever make up? Just because he showed up at his baseball game for the first time right. in 35 years? this one. Like, come on, man. Like, that's not going to – I'm not giving you my first major league ball when this is the first game you showed up to in 35 years. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. I felt like – and I guess maybe he was, you know, trying – that connection with his dad or whatever. I mean, that's that's kind of like – the Field of Dreams moments, because really this this whole movie sets up a little bit like Field of Dreams. And in Field okay, of Dreams, that. you had the Costner narration at the start where he's talking about his own life, his conflicts with his dads, how they butted heads. And, and then it it takes us down that road where it finally comes back to to uh, to them having, you know, the Kinsella's playing catch, having their catch at the end of the movie. But me. I kind of agree with you. I would, if I was that guy, I would have given it to my kid. I think absolutely, or even his wife. I mean, yeah. either one, not the dad. It, it's going to have to take one more than one grand gesture to make up for thirty-five years of you basically hating me and what I love. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, it's not going to happen because it wasn't even that he didn't necessarily go to his baseball games. As the kid was growing up, there was no support for, for the kid. Even even like any sympathy, like, I'm really sorry, Jimmy. We're moving this place. There's going to be no baseball. It's basically suck it up, buttercup. We're moving yeah. again. Get used to it. And, and I can they... say, as as the my grandpa was a career Army guy, so my dad kind of grew up mm-hmm. in that. I, I think they didn't necessarily have an overly communicative relationship they had you know a good relationship and all that but i you know that's that's something just that whole moving part that takes its toll on everyone in the family the fact that you're packing up every three years essentially you know because that's what the the dad in this case that's what he's decided to do with his career right 
But there's just no sympathy there at all. They left yeah. his glove in another state. And he's right. like, stop your moping and grab a box. Yeah, like, that's just, right. Like, how about, man, I am so sorry. Let's go to the store and buy you a new one. Like, something. Something. Come on. Yeah. Even if you don't care, yeah. you know? What's interesting, Brian Cox, who plays Jimmy's dad in that whole handing of the baseball, he was the owner of the Detroit Tigers in For Love of the Game. And you remember at the That's end of right. that, there's the ball that right. Costner had written, you know, for love of the game and his message to him and all that stuff. It's quite so. a collector of uh, movie baseballs. Yeah. And this is just a few years after that for that man and that's that's what's interesting too really because these true events were going on in like 98 99 2000 yeah, they, they cranked agreed. this movie out in 2002 yeah i was gonna mention that the fact that it came out so quickly from the time that it actually took place that it's almost like it's not even a period piece it is now right. um but back when they did it i mean it was they weren't going back in time i mean it was happening you said you had other things that bugged you so let me ask you this okay Vince. Dennis Quaid. Is there yes. anything related to Dennis Quaid that bugs you about this movie? <laughs> Obviously, there's something that bugs you. I'm going to leave uh, it open. Well, I'm, uh, gonna, I'm just going to say this. Dennis Quaid was born in 1954. He's 47, 48 years old when the movie was Wow. Made. He, yeah. is, he is 10 years older in yeah. real life portraying Jimmy Morris. Morris was born in like 64, 65. Quaid yeah, 64. portraying this guy is 10 years older than him. And, and I mean, the first time they do a close-up of adult Jimmy Morris, Dennis Quaid playing Jimmy Morris, it's pretty obvious that he's that he's not in his mid-30s. So that just, yeah. that just bugged me throughout the movie. Yeah, so Jimmy Morris is supposed to be 35 when this is all taking place. Right. Right. And Dennis Quaid looks every bit of 45 in this movie. No question about it. I mean, he looks like he's got the Texas leather skin and like the whole. And I don't know if they did that because they wanted to make it even more like he's old. You know, he shouldn't be in the minors or whatever. But um, I never really thought about it until you said it. Because I didn't realize how old Jimmy Morris was um, when all this was taking place. And so I, I hadn't really done the math on that. But now that you mention it. He doesn't look anywhere near 35. I'm sorry. And maybe that had some and I and I realize it's always hard. I think probably especially casting baseball when you're when you're trying yeah. to cast a pitcher. You've got to find someone and Quaid pulls it off to a certain extent. There you know when you There's watch his delivery, magic. it's not like you're going to really believe that this guy is throwing 98 miles an hour. <laughs> but well, I mean but he does and we I don't remember when you and I talked about this in the past. But he does have a more athletic build than the real Jimmy Morris. I mean, yeah, the real true. Jimmy Morris had like a beer belly. Yeah. Like, you might not you have know. believed it had you got somebody <laughs> like that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So he did look like more of an athlete than the real Jim Morris. But yeah, his his uh, mechanics were not great. And there was a lot of movie magic to make it sound and look like he was throwing harder was, than yeah. obviously he really was. I mean, literally explosion sounds as the ball was hitting the glove. <laughs> 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 I mean, they, 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 you know, again, the editing room is amazing. It can make people look like they're doing amazing things. Um, and so they did a good job with the editing. Let's put it that way. Well, and this is not, it's, it's also not the first time, interestingly enough, that Quaid has played an athlete and he's been much older. It, he, he was in Everybody's All-American. It was a football movie. 
back in 1988. He was 33 years old playing a college football star back in 1988. <laughs> he so, doesn't look young, though. That's the thing. I know. He doesn't. Like, some actors look younger than they are, and so they can pull off being in college or whatever. But, like, if, if you looked at me or you and you're like, yes, you could be a college athlete. No. No. We don't <laughs> look like college. We're in college anymore. I'm sorry. Maybe more you, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding on to dear life for my 30s right now. So That's right. I'm pretty far away from college, but may, um, maybe you're right. Maybe they wanted to accentuate the fact that he was supposed to be older, and so they made him look noticeably older. Because I went through a list, a kind of a little rolodex in my head. Who could they have gotten? And and just thinking about some guys who have been in baseball movies, we've got Costner, and we've got that category coming later. What role could Kevin Costner have played? But I mean, just a, a short list of some guys who have been in baseball movies who at least would have been in the right age bracket. Uh, you've got Charlie Sheen, who, of course, was in Major League. He would have been in his mid-30s. Mm -hmm. John Cusack, who was in Eight Man Out. He would have been, they're all about the same age, mid-30s. Matthew Modine, who did Vision Quest. We did that show. a while That's back. A movie. Again, I don't know what, what Quaid would have looked like as a baseball player, but it at least he kind of has an athletic build. And, and well, I think part of it, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think nope. part of it is the fact that Jimmy Morris is a left-hander. Well, that's true too. But I mean, it's hard you to talk find about that. movie magic. You can always, you know, if you really wanted to, you can always just flip the the film. And you can, you know, but that makes looks things like a left-hander. That makes <laughs> things know? pretty complicated because then you got to do all the uniforms have to have backwards. Well, you do. Numbers. Yeah, then you've got to put I mean, you got to write all the writing on the uniforms has to be backwards and everything. But it's uh, complicated. You still could have pulled it off. Yeah. And if you really. Now, again, they were obviously striving for accuracy, but if you really wanted to, you could have just said... He's a righty. He's right-handed. Yeah, right. Instead of left but you and I both know as baseball people, if you're a lefty... Now, granted, he was throwing 98. That's that's amazing. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But when you're throwing 98 as a lefty, that allows you to Even fire so, through the minors yeah. a lot faster than exactly. if you were a righty. And that's... So. Yeah. And that is how he... Uh, part of, I'm sure, how he skyrocketed right through the sure. minor leagues and, and got that big league call-up after yeah. a few months. But again, I would have liked to seen more of that three months that he spent in the minor leagues because they they glossed over it in about 10 minutes, it seemed like. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I I thought I thought the baseball scenes themselves were good. I, I like Yeah, they were solid. They were solid, you know, and uh, a nod to your normal co-host. He likes the baseball. He likes the sport action. And I will say that the sport action, when they got to it, was good. And I think that there was a decent amount of it, especially at the high school level. Um, they took a lot of time on some of those high school games. Yeah. And so um, back back to my original point, I, yes. really, I do like the story, but I don't like the entirety of this movie. If, if you trimmed it back probably 20 minutes or even just got rid of some of those dead spots, the kid going to buy tube socks, that, that very beginning seen on the oil field and a, a few other different things and you stuck more actual baseball even w whether it's his relationships with the kids in high school or or the minor league stuff I felt like it would have been a better movie over or even even more stuff with his dad about yeah for, for that matter you know we did I, we I, did find out that the parents got divorced by the time he was growing up and everything but now, so do you want do you want me to just roll through the things that bugged me? Is that what we're doing right now? Sure, we might as well. We've we've hit the list so far. We've hit it hard. <laughs> um, and my the things that bug me are not. See, you're good at the big picture things that bug you. The things that bug me are like the little things that just 
come on, man. Like, okay. That that that's kind of what I look at. So like, for example, uh, in the opening scene that you and I have both cut now from the movie, uh, <laughs> when you've got the old timers playing on the field, that is not a ninety foot field. Like they were playing well, on yeah. a sixty foot tiny yeah. itty bitty like field. More like a softball field. Yeah, yeah, that bothered me. Okay, grown okay. men playing on that. That bothered me. Number two. I, I thought I always thought that the actual the actuality of his timeline was interesting because he didn't play high school baseball. He played when he got to junior college. But yeah. He had a scholarship to be a punter. That's how he got through college, yeah. not to be a pitcher. But they ended up being drafted as a pitcher, which I thought was interesting. And they they obviously left that whole thing out. Again, it's 127 minutes, so you got to cut some stuff. Yeah. I get that. Um, and then when when Jimmy. Uh, starts throwing for the first time to the team catcher, Joel. Uh-huh. Uh, th- the mitt that he is using is a first baseman's glove. <laughs> that is not a catcher's glove. Yeah, I know. It literally has holes in I the webbing. I too. It's very thin. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have holes in the webbing of a, of a catcher's glove. And if the guy's throwing 98, it's going through that webbing. Okay, I'm sorry. It, I, I had a problem. I know that's little, but being a catcher, that bothered me. No, but it's a fair point. It's yeah. a fair point. I did notice that too. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when he decides to throw against the mile miles per hour sign thing, you know that flickers and uh-huh. you know. So again, this is little, but when he drives by it, it says thirty one. Okay. Right. When he throws, it says seventy six, and then it flickers to go to ninety six. But the middle stick on the three is the bottom part of the nine. That was working just fine when he drove by, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> no, all of a sudden it doesn't it's work. Flickering. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, the continuity didn't work for me. Well, like, and again, we said we like weren't going to get hung up on things that did or didn't happen. Apparently, that was a completely fictitious scene that they put. Oh, in it had there. to be. Yeah, there was like absolutely a, had to be. I think there was like <laughs> a Sports Center commercial or something that Bobby Valentine did, kind of around that same time okay. where he was doing something like that, and this was copied from the, gotcha i think i saw where it was copied from that or something but okay that makes sense yeah um the pa announcer for the for the high school uh-huh. like that bothered me nobody does play-by-play <laughs> over the pa yeah but you okay. see that a lot in movies where the pa guy Man. is substituting as a play-by-play guy. <laughs> but i mean if you want to talk about play-by-play like a... the play-by-play when he caught got called up to the tampa bay rays when he's pitching there in texas mm-hmm. the play-by-play there was like very it's very obvious this is being recorded in a studio <laughs> and being dubbed over sure. in, in a movie there was not much authenticity to any of it yeah i think yeah i it just if you wanted to have a play-by-play guy then have like a little rinky dink radio station or something you know so you can actually have play-by-play like sure. that it's not the pa guy okay right. um I, I already mentioned this, but the it's your turn coach scene, like it was good up until every player had to go up to him and be like, it's your turn, coach. It's your turn. <laughs> like that got old really fast. Like this one guy could have done that. <laughs> yeah. It, it got old. It just did. It got old real fast. Yeah. Um, and then let's see here. Um, oh, they made a really big deal. Again, this is probably because I'm a teacher, but they made a really big deal about the fact that he was in the minors during the summer, okay, Okay. and they were losing money. Well, he's a teacher. She's a guidance counselor. They get paid year-round. So they're out of school anyway, yeah. Right. So I don't understand why all of a sudden they're losing money. Well, if they had part-time jobs in the summer or, you know, some kind of summer job. I guess, but would would they really be behind on their bills if he wasn't – you know what I mean? Like, that was a little bit of a stretch. They really played it up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and again, at the end, he was he, he pitched into September. Okay, so that's when it could get interesting. But, like, those conversations were happening in, like, the June area. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, they've taken the bed, but they left us the lamppost or whatever they <laughs> whatever she said, it's like, you know? It's like Ray Kinsella. You know, you plowed <laughs> under your corn. What are you going to do right. now? <laughs> yeah. It's like they were trying too hard to make him financially unstable, and that, yeah. that bothered me. Yep. Um, the double-A field in Orlando, did they make that out of a sand pit? Like, that was the worst <laughs> Field I've ever seen. Now I, you've been to a lot more fields than I have. I've been to a lot of single A and like some triple A type fields, and this is supposed to be a double A field in Orlando, Florida, and like the grass wasn't growing, the fence was all messed up. Like it, I've seen millions of high school fields that are better than this field. Like it was horrible. Yeah, I've seen a mixed bag with, with, with when it comes to minor league. I know some of the college and, fields you've seen are terrible. Maybe maybe they were just again trying to play that up from the aspect yeah. of you know this this is the minors life in the minors and it's yeah. not that great. And I don't know. It's like they That's went too all far. I can think of. Like I, yeah, I, whatever. I mean, it, it like I said, it's a little thing. And yeah. uh, then I already mentioned the fact about giving the ball to his dad at the end. That that just didn't work for me. Didn't work. So. Okay. All right. I'll just there run through go. the cast real quick. Of course, okay. Dennis Quaid is the uh, the lead playing Jimmy Morris. Rachel Griffiths, his wife, Lori. The only thing that I really remember her from, for sure, is an old HBO series called Six Feet Under. It was pretty good. Oh. Angus T. Jones plays the son. Did right. you ever watch Two and a Half Men? Oh, sure. Did you? Yeah. Okay. So he was. Yeah, I mean, off and on. It's a little yeah. racy to have on with the kids around. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, yeah, but it, I, I definitely know the show. He was in that. Brian Cox, we talked about, played the dad. He was the owner of the Detroit Tigers in For Love of the Game. And then two guys who stood out to me, and they just popped off the screen when I watched this because it's been a long time since I've seen this. Two uh, two actors not really known for their, you know, they're, they're, they're not stars by any means. Jay Hernandez... He was Chavez in the movie Friday Night Lights, the movie oh. version of Friday Night Lights that came out okay. a couple years later. And then Rick Gonzalez, he was the pitcher, Rudy, in this. He was in one right. of my favorite all-time comedies, Old School, a year or two later. That so he was. Both that of those he guys was. were on the high school baseball team. And he was yeah. also in Coach Carter. Like He kind of made the rounds oh, okay. Uh, okay. in a lot of those kind of movies. Here's, here's one... Before we get away from things that bug us, and I just remembered this, I had this written down, and then then I forgot about it. The he motivated the team. The, the whole deal was the kids said, you know, look, coach, we've seen you. You know, they're talking about dreams and and goals and and mm-hmm. the whole thing. And their their deal is if they win district, that um, he will go try out at a right. professional baseball uh, tryout. If he can find one, and one of the ways that they get better is he starts pitching to them. So they're seeing a lot better pitching in practice. This lefty bringing ninety-eight mile an hour gas. Right. So okay, their hitting got better, but how did their pitching get better? Because yeah, any right. baseball coach will tell you that good hitting is not going to outhit bad pitching, and they were also a very bad pitching team to begin with. So how did the pitching get better? And it was <laughs> that, still Rudy. Right. For that matter, the kid Rudy in there right. was pitching. So, and they, they had the one heavy set um, Mexican kid that was that was uh, pitching as well, but they didn't really. They kind of glossed over him a little bit because 
at least they had the two pitchers. You know, yeah. at least they didn't show just one guy pitching the whole time. But yeah, and they made a point of it early. And he's like, "It's not your day, Rudy." He's like, "Yeah, it's not my season." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's like a Cy Young Award winner. He's pitching and he's in the district out. championship. Yeah, yeah, and he's striking out the kid who was the district player of the year the year before. Right. You know, like yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. Now maybe he got confidence and you know that whole thing. But come on, that's. They got they got beat ten to two or thirteen to three or whatever the last time they played those guys, and obviously the pitching was a bit to blame for that. Exactly, so, exactly. I agree. Did your opinion of this movie change at all after watching it? I guess I should ask: How many times do you think you've watched this movie, Vince? Um, a lot. See, I'm uh, more like you. Twenties to thirties. Okay, twenties or thirties. I'm more like you with with. I think we're kind of flipped. Moneyball. You had not seen since it was in theaters before we watched it right. again for the for the last podcast. So you had only seen it a couple of times, and that might be the same with me with this, the rookie. It had been I know that I've seen it at least once before this. I don't know if I'd really seen it a whole lot, maybe a scene or two otherwise, but I this this is I know this is the second only the second time I've ever sat down and watched it. All the wow. way through. So well, it takes a while. Yeah, it, it does. It takes a while. It does. It's a long movie. All right. So, did your opinion change at all for this? No, because I've seen it so many times. I, okay. I guess I did get a little bit more nitpicky on some stuff. Yeah. Um. But again, I fast forward through some parts because I've seen it so many times that I didn't even need to watch those parts. Right. Does it hold up over? Well, and I guess I should say my opinion again. It skewed a, a lot more. Just with with the stuff, and I, I'm not going to rehash everything, but it, it skewed a lot more, you know. Where, where yeah. I just kind of got, eh, they really could have done without this. They could have, you know, if I had more baseball yeah. and that kind of stuff. That's the biggest thing for me. Does it hold up over time? I mean, they could remake it if they wanted to. Um, and honestly, I would almost like to have them give me the film so that I could cut some of the scenes out and then right. replay it. And I think it would be a better movie, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it holds up over time. I don't know why you would want to remake it. That um, there's definitely some notes that I would give if they were remaking it uh, to make it better. But I miss kind of the uh, the time like the the phone booth scene where yeah, you know, you you've you've got to go to the phone booth and and right. he's making the guy wait because he's helping his kid do his homework. I think that kind of stuff. I think it plays well in movies, and obviously you don't have that. Anymore, and it actually reminds me of like when I was back in Army basic training, and they would march us on Sunday morning. There was a bank of phone booths, but it was like maybe five or ten or something like that. And so you've got a whole sure. platoon standing there waiting in line <laughs> to get on the phone booth and, yeah. and call home or your girlfriend or whoever it happened to be. But again, all that stuff's chatting. different now because you're just handling that stuff on your cell phone on the bus now. You right. don't have to worry about that yeah. kind of stuff. But yeah, I agree. I. I would be all in for a remake of this where where they actually delve more into the actual story and do away with some of this Disney dramatics that they tried to add to it. I, I honestly and you said that you you thought that they could dive more into the father son relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would almost cut all that out. Like that really? doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I yeah, mean it just it, didn't. That, I mean that's At least true. the way they did it. The way they did it, I didn't feel like most of the conversations him and his really dad had were, to it. Yeah. I, it was fast forward time. Like yeah. this isn't doing anything for me. I agree because really uh, it's relevant to his life story, I guess, but it has no relevance sure. to his, the actual 
you know, the actual story about a guy who washed out in the minor leagues, blowing his arm out, and then 15 years later starts tossing the ball around when he's coaching high school and goes all the way to the big leagues. Right. So yeah, I, I again, I and I think and I agree with you completely. I think they could have uh, they could have delved in a little bit more into his first go around in the yeah. minors yeah. a little bit. You know what I mean? When because right. his wife says, you know, I had a front row seat to when you would shut yourself off from the world and blah blah blah. They could have taken ten minutes and gone and done some of that stuff of him in the first place getting drafted. You know what his life was like in the minors, the way they kind of came back together with their marriage and then moved on. He became a teacher and a coach. You know what I mean? Like you they could have gone into that. You could have montaged it at the front the way both sure. Field of Dreams and For Love of the Game do with absolutely with the the entirety of his life and showed more of how he ended up where he is where all of a right. sudden he's in the cutting room with with shoulder surgery and everything else which right. and the techniques back in the 90s weren't near what they are today for that matter so yeah for sure yeah i think i think they could do a lot more with that You're and right. again you could do away without the the guy running the local downtown shop being the narrator <laughs> if you really <laughs> right. need a narrator and have somebody right. else doing that okay maybe okay so let's get into favorite lines and now i'll say right. favorite lines favorite scenes this isn't really the kind of movie where it's plump with that kind of stuff it's, it's really it's, not it's a little yeah. bit thinner list today but i'll let you start off with the first line well i thought that henry actually had some decent lines the shop owner okay um you know during the sock scene he's like socks we have in contrast to common sense which we seem to be running a little short on today like i thought that when they were playing dominoes uh, I thought that was a good line. Um, uh, you want me to keep going or you want to give a cup? Oh yeah, I'll jump. I'll forth. jump in with one. The high school All kid right. at practice. How come we got dirt in the football yeah. field? Looks like Tiger Woods backyard. <laughs> I had that one. Yeah, that that's a really good one. That's a really good one. Yep. I, I thought, I thought the, the, the discourse between him and his wife, when the baby started crying, I, Anybody that has kids has had this conversation, so like maybe that's why it stuck out to me. Yeah. But when J Jimmy's like, "I'll get her," and the wife was like, "Is that a real I'll get her, or are you just waiting for me to say go back to sleep?" <laughs> he's like, "I haven't decided yet." She's like, "Go back to sleep." Well, and even right? when he's at the tryout, and you know the kids, yeah. he's got the baby there, and yeah, the, the son's got to watch the baby while he goes and throws. <laughs> right. Well, and he said he's like, "But dad," and, and Jimmy goes, "No butts. I'm dealing with enough butts here as it is." As he's changing the baby's diaper. Yeah. Like that. I thought that that was a funny line. Yep. Uh, somebody asked him, how fast did you throw 15 years ago? And he said, slow enough that the scouts stopped using the word fast. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I, I liked when the little girl was telling the mom, she's like, you can take some Mr. Crunch if you want. And Jimmy's like, he's a captain, Jesse. Don't go busting rank on him. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, the scout, if I tell them I got a guy almost two times those guys age, I get laughed at. But if I don't call in a 98-mile-an-hour fastball... I get fired. Yep. I had that one too. That was a great one. Yep. That was a great one. Oh, let's see here. That That's really all I've got. Okay. That, you pretty much nailed it at that point. For I've scene, got just a couple more lines. When okay. he does, he's, he's coming back from the tryout and he hadn't even told the wife that he was going to the tryout and they're coming in the house and, and the daughter's <laughs> carrying pizza. And, and she says, daddy told me to give you pizza and don't say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, yeah, I bet that's exactly what he said. Exactly. And then uh, my last one, 
is I think his first appearance in the minors, the manager goes out there and he goes, work fast. We got a long bus trip. <laughs> right. Well, I, I did like some of the heckling at the double A, uh-huh. uh, at the double A game. Yeah. I had that kind of as a scene. Um, but yeah, some of those heckles were really good. Like, did, did they give you a walker to get out to the mound? Do the players just right. carry you? Right. You know, that, that, there's some good ones in there. And again, going back to what we're talking about with the casting of Quaid, maybe that, had something to do with it. I yeah. really couldn't find any any background information about the casting. A lot of times we can find, well, this guy was being considered, but they ended up with this. But maybe they maybe they did want to just play up the fact that he looked a lot older than the rest of these guys. Yeah. All right. Favorite scenes. I'll start with mine when he's out. Okay. That that one you talked about. I still like it. He's out on the the highway throwing to the radar. The light flickers. He thinks he's. Only thrown yeah. 76, but it turns out 96 miles an hour. Still a pretty cool little scene. And I get it. I totally get it. And he, because he's like, well, maybe I am throwing really hard. And then he, it shows 76. He's like, yeah, that's, yeah, he's like, that's not even as hard as I was throwing before. Right, <laughs> right. So, I mean, I get it. I, Because I, if he would have known that he was throwing that fast, it changes the whole dynamic of the movie. Right. So, right. I get that. Um, I, I like the scene in the diner towards the beginning. I, they used that scene so that the dad could tell the son basically his entire history and how he got hurt and whatnot. But I did yeah. like the back and forth of the old timers talking about the Christmas music and how Mel Tome wrote the Christmas song <laughs> on the beach and, you know, right. all this stuff. I, I, the back and forth of some of the old timers I thought was pretty good. Yep, I agree. Uh, when he's at the tryout, he's wearing blue jeans. Yeah. He's... <laughs> I just thought it was funny. He's wearing blue jeans. He's throwing. You know, he asks if if they want him to keep throwing. He's getting kind of frustrated, but he finds out he's only thrown 98 miles an hour. But here's a guy at a Major League Baseball tryout wearing blue jeans. It really reminded me of my childhood because, like, when I grew up, we used to wear freaking blue jeans or whatever (laughs) all the time. And it's like you look around now and everyone's either shorts or you've got baseball pants or whatever, but here's an adult in the 1990s in blue jeans <laughs> at a big well, tryout. What I I guess maybe this could fall into the category of something that bugged me, but when he goes up there at the tryout, he's like, "You need to warm up." He's like, "No, <laughs> right? <What>? You're 35 <laughs> years old and you don't need to warm up? Are you warm kidding up for me? 30 minutes? Jeez, <laughs> yes. that surprised me. Yeah, me too." Uh, let's see here. Uh, I, I did like uh, at the bar when he was there with the other minor league guys and they're ribbing on each other. Um, he's like, ah, to the guy who put Babe Ruth in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. And how many fans did you lose when they raised ticket prices to 50 cents? And uh-huh. he goes, not as many as when you pitch. Yep. I, thought, I thought that scene was pretty funny because it, you know, obviously it's, it opens him up to these guys and they start to like him and they realize that he's an actual nice guy and not a publicity stunt and isn't that also where he finds out though that they've been kind of talking behind his back about how he's taking somebody else's spot and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff yeah 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 and he obviously wasn't very social with everybody because he doesn't identify with anything because these guys are all you know teenagers basically and he's 30 supposed to be 35 yeah i mean i i get it i mean if i was stuck on a bus or in hotel rooms with a bunch of guys who were basically 18 19 20 years old i don't know that i'd have a whole lot to talk about either very true very true. Uh, when when he when he gets the call up to the big leagues, he and he and the guy, I thought it was kind of odd. One, I guess I should say first of all that he and Brooks 
show up and they just walk into the stadium with a you know, yeah. no security or anything. But he closes but, the gate behind him. He's yeah. like, oh, I better, I better close this up. But then when they get into the locker room, he's walking in there and he sees the jerseys, Fred McGriff, Wade Boggs, Jose Canseco. That, that had to be a pretty surreal kind of moment coming from where he's coming from. Just like three months before that, he was still just a high school science teacher and baseball coach. And now he's right. walking into this locker room with, with three greats of the time. Their jerseys are right there. And I'm glad that they actually use the real names of the players because yeah. I had forgotten, um, you know, when I watched this, you forget that the Tampa Bay Devil Rays actually had some names on that team. They, now, many of them were past their prime at that point. Right. But they, they had they had some names. But that was know, kind of the – I think that was the Lou Pinella – era where they they, they kind of went out and they signed all these guys they were trying to make a run and and trying to kind of get some relevance and yeah. all that didn't work out for them took them a few more years till they got joe madden but yeah i had kind of forgotten that all three of those guys were there together at some point too yeah so i thought that was cool and i yeah. and i did like once he finally made the majors and you can call this a scene if you want but really and again they could have tightened it up a little bit, but the game where they're playing against the Rangers and everything, and they get behind, and then he finally goes out, and but you see everybody in the stands, and you see, I, I did like the the run from the bullpen, and I mean, they really, I think they did a good job of showing the moment, right? And how how right. big of a deal that it actually was. I, well, I thought they did a really good job. Of yeah, because like in that moment when he's running out, I, I'm sitting there thinking that I can only imagine how fast his heart is beating oh, as he's yeah. coming out of that out of the bullpen and you're in this monstrous stadium and i mean you, you think back to them practicing on the dirt and just everything right. else and now all of a sudden here he is with with this environment around him and, and everything else i mean and then he he uh he ends up getting a strikeout i i, I um the very first batter, and, it, and I'm I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name right now. I can't. Royce Clayton. Think. Royce Clayton. Thank you. I knew it was someone that, Welcome. I, that that I would know who he was when I heard of it. Yeah. So he strikes out Royce Clayton, the uh, the very first batter that he faced. So that was that was a pretty cool thing, and I agree they yeah. depicted that pretty well. They they did, and they they took a little bit of liberty because he fouled the ball off and actually went to he had a ball on him as well. It wasn't three straight pitches, but. You know that's okay. Right. It, it it still did what it served to do, and it was a really really cool moment. And how basically the entire town was there at the end. I mean, I I, I thought that that was really cool. It was kind of a chills moment. I mean, yep. I, I, I enjoyed that. I concur. I concur. What role could Kevin Costner have played? Well, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. He could very easily be the lead uh, in that. He could be the Jimmy Morris character. And he's actually um, younger than Quaid. For that. Is he really? Yeah. Well, there you go. A year younger. There you go. He could have easily done it. I mean, he he did for the love of the game, um, which I'm pretty sure came after that, didn't it? Um, uh, no, it was a couple years before that. It was, was like it? 98, okay. 99, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, he he could have easily uh, done that one for sure. Um, yeah, it was in 99. Uh, but you know, does the lefty thing come into play? You right. know, I don't know. Uh, but he could have very easily pulled that role off. Well, apparently, interestingly, the kid who played Little Jimmy, they had to teach him to pitch left-handed. Now, I don't know if that meant that he was naturally oh, interesting. a right-hander or if he just had to learn, you know, to look like a pitcher or that kind of thing. Yeah, but they actually had to teach that kid to pitch left-handed. 
So. You could you could bring me in, and I was a decent baseball player back in the day. You could bring me in and try to teach me to do anything with my left arm, and it would be a miserable failure. Yeah, you'd like, have can't. to do it. You'd, you'd oh. have to have like a year lead up. To oh, it. my gosh. I can't throw with it my left. It feels so weird. Yeah, me? I've tried before, too. It feels so oh. weird trying to throw with your oh. offhand. My I goodness. Agree. It's terrible. Yeah, and I thought Costner could have been maybe one of the managers or something like that if he wasn't going to be the player. Like but a cameo. I, 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 this is the kind yeah. of movie where – he would have been the star if he was going to be in it, and he'd done so many right. baseball movies at that point. He wasn't going to do another one. Anything Dwayne The Rock Johnson could have played? <laughs> I love this question. Um, <laughs> well, Bobby Hensley thinks that Dwayne The Rock, the Rock Johnson is the actor of our time. Oh, my so. gosh. He could he just, just drop him into any movie. Yeah. Um, again, he kept bringing him up, and that's time. why I had to throw him in here as a category. So. <laughs> This is like an homage to him. But yeah. um, uh, basically, the only thing that I could – he could be one of the managers, as you mentioned, for Costner. Um, he's not a baseball-playing-looking guy. Like, he could not be any of the players. Yeah. He's too old to be any of the, the high school players, obviously. There were really no other adults that they talked to in this movie besides his parents, his wife, and the janitor, and, like – and like the old guys that were playing dominoes, like he doesn't fit any of those. Maybe he could have been the janitor that showed him that the deer were eating his seed. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like he's forty-seven years old now, so he would have been like twenty-eight, twenty-nine when they were filming this. So yeah, yeah I, mean, I think he, it would have been hard. They would have they would have essentially had to make up another character because I don't even think yeah. It would he would have been funny potentially maybe like he's the catcher for the baseball team you know for like the minor league team or something like that right I was gonna I say know. he could have been the catcher maybe at the tryout like that kid was pretty big and buff yeah. you know but again you would have had to make up a character for that yeah. I mean that's the only catcher you even talked to did you did you ever come up with who else would have been a good candidate to play the lead role in this since we talked about how old Quaid was. I brought up well, all those other I mean, guys, Sheen, Cusack, Modine, even Tim Robbins, maybe. Even though Robbins, yeah, Robbins could have done it. He's only a few years younger than Quaid, but I, I still think he would have, you know, he looks sort of young enough that he doesn't look nearly as old <laughs> as Quaid Right. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm really bad at, like, recasting movies, but, like, I again, I could see Costner doing it. Yeah. Some of the guys you mentioned I could see doing it. Um, I, I, I guess I do have a hard time. Like if you did Tim Robbins, it'd be hard for me to get the bull Durham character out of my head. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really tough for me. Yeah. Um, so it'd have to be somebody that wasn't in a previous like pitcher role of a baseball movie, I guess. Um, so I'd have to think about it for a while, but yeah, Costner, Quaid, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, and again, I, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest challenges of casting any sports movies is finding guys who look realistic enough. And in this case, you did need some kind of star to to be you in did. that role. You couldn't put an unknown only in him. There. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Exactly. All right, anything else before we wrap it up? Um, you know, where does this fall on kind of your? It's not going to fall very high, but very on your like list of baseball movies. I think I would put it in the top 10. It's not in my top yeah. five. Bobby and I did our top five recently. Uh, I've got Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, Moneyball are all up there. The Bad News Bears is up there as well. So it's it's top 10. Not uh, 
Not top five material, though. How about you? Okay. Um, I uh, It's probably top ten. Um, it would be in the neighborhood of like that five, six area for me. Um, cause I, you know, Bull Durham is good, but it's not, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch that one. It doesn't do much for me. Um, I do like a league of their own. I like feel the dreams. Um, Sandlot is high for me. Yeah. Rookie of the year is high for me. Cause I'm a Cubs fan and that, yeah. that kid's about my age, you know, um, Bad News Bears is a really, really good one. And I, I do like, you know, one of my favorite movies was, um, um, oh gosh, no, of course now it escapes me the name of it, Pride of the Yankees with uh, Gary Cooper and the Lou Gehrig uh, movie. And that's one that I've never seen. I've never seen really? that one, Pride of the Yankees. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it's one of the first ones I saw. Obviously, it's old. It was made in 1942. Um, but I, I like that movie a lot. So that, that would be before, in my top 10 for sure. I would like to see that movie and Newt Rockney All-American remade. A, a now you got to see Newt Rockney All-American the, for the first time. Yeah, Have you seen I, haven't, I haven't seen but I, that's, I think that's part of why it hasn't been a priority. Just because those, those old black and whites with that old kind of acting style is just never really appealed to me very much. You need to see it. I'm going to give it a shot before you can make that Before you can make that assumption. You gotta see okay. it. I have both of those movies, so if you ever need to borrow them, win one for the Gipper. There you go. All right, Vince. Fun as always. Thanks again for filling in for the yes, delinquent sir. Bobby Hensley. I will be talking <laughs> to you soon. Yes, sir. Two guys talking sports movies. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>